So you think about a chance You find yourself trying to do my dance Maybe cause you love me Oh So when we try Things slow down Because you weren't used to how fast We touch Then we locked eyes And uh, welcome to the Tucker and Mora podcast For this Wednesday, June 2nd. Do you recognize this cover? Uh, that is uh, an artist called Jimmy Cullum. I had a interesting running with Jimmy Cullum at the art festival of 2012. I was in the back area and uh, ran into Jimmy, and uh, he's a wonderful man. And he's been working with uh, lots of uh, orchestras and musicians. <laughs> I don't know the song, and I... Uh, it's Jay-Z and Pharrell's Frontin'. He does a lot of different covers, like Radiohead, uh, High and Drying as a version of that, and he ja- jazzifies them. Oh, he does what you do. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing him. I, I was hanging out with some music reps downtown Toronto, and they're like, you guys got to come in to this little jazz bar called The Senator and see this guy. We just brought him in from the UK. And it was a really loud place. And there was a grand piano at the front. And it was tight, packed. And this guy, small guy, he's like, he seems like five foot six. He jumped on top of the grand piano and everyone was kind of eating and talking and he just started singing. And then he plays the piano sometimes with like his feet. He'll bang on the piano and stuff. And it, it took me away. Like, was everyone there to see him? Yeah. Okay, it was like a special. But he starts the show, showcase. and you don't even know what the hell's going on. Like, yeah. no big ent- entrance. He just like jumps on top of the piano and started singing. He's done that uh, big, huge. Is it Glastonbury Festival in the UK? In the UK yeah, yeah, he's done that. It's a big deal, guys. You know. That sounds good. Check him out. Coming up next on the show, we're going to feature some jazz artists from days gone by. Dizzy Gillespie. It's always funny hearing the jazz DJs, eh? <laughs> or uh, classical music ones. Oh, yeah, the classical music radio personalities are the best. It's like, Yeah, but does anyone care about all that stuff they're talking about? Does anyone, like, care? Uh, Concerto number no. 5 by uh, <laughs> von Beethoven. That one was recorded in Spain at the Symphony Orchestra there uh, with a special guest performance by violinist Lynn manuel Hoshonha. You know, I like, feel- I, I, I honestly, I feel like they're just, uh, nobody cares. People just who listen to that want to hear classical music. They don't care which orchestra is doing it, where it was recorded, yeah. blah, blah. No, I disagree. I think yeah. if you're contentious enough to listen to classical music in the car <laughs> on your way to work, you're the asshole that needs to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's also about the tone of their voice. Like, I think people who are listening to those stations want to hear that tone. Uh, I remember there's this woman who does a show um, on one of the jazz stations, and she does uh, she talks like this the entire time, and I, she really seems to match the music and the energy, and I think people like that. That's why they go there. To yeah, that. but then it's I feel like it's almost background noise. Then at that point, well, or all they're maybe doing a little company, a little company on the side. It's a little company I on guess. the side, and uh, yeah, oh. they're playing off like they're just pulling out records off the shelf. You know, oh, I just picked this one out for you. It's one of my favorites from. 
the uh, the Miles Davis concerto number mm. five. You know, they just and they just match that vibe. It would be fun to Miles Davis concerto. He got crazy for a while there. Fake classical music stuff. <laughs> Miles Davis. <laughs> One of he's my an favorite. artist, guys. Yeah, but he's not Beethoven. No, he's not. Yeah. He's not. There were no concertos. Maybe there were, though. He got crazy there in the seventies. I don't know. Doing some interesting stuff. Yes, he did. Thank you, Mara. <laughs> do, do they have morning shows on these stations where people are like doing bits, but they're still using that voice? I understand it. It's your daughter's fifth birthday today, Mara. <laughs> what is the kind of stuff do you plan? Oh, good. That's very interesting. Must be very relaxing to work on a show like that. Bundes, did you bang anyone over the weekend? <laughs> Tell us about how that went down. Well, first I undressed her. And then I... Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, like the rule is you have to talk in that tone. Mm. And you have to do like a regular, well, you know, our kind of morning show. Oh, well, that's... But we have to talk that way. That's difficult. Yeah, that's impossible. Because it's thinking? not authentic. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Very funny. Uh, moving forward, <laughs> we will get to some Justin Bieber tickets, a four-pack coming up later this morning. <laughs> right now, this is Katy Perry. You may know her from such classics as I Kissed a Girl. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like ASMR, you know, the whole yes. time we're talking. A little bit of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So for people who just want to hear that pleasant tune and people's voices and stuff, mm. I try and listen to the CBC. I have a friend... Uh, who, you know, that's all he listens to. Yeah. His mom, his family. He just grew up in a CBC family. And every time I try, because, you know, I pay for it. We all pay for it. Yeah. Might as well, like, check it out from time to time. Totally. And I just get so bored. Mm -hmm. Or uh, either it's like, it's not music. Sometimes in the overnight, you can get some, like, pretty good music uh, yeah. shows it's on kinda there. Yeah, all over the place, yeah. But then, uh, you know, I'll have tuned in at four in the morning on the way to work, and I'll be like, oh, this is cool, like, folk whatever music. And then I get back in my car, and it's still on there, and now I'm listening to an interview with the nutritionist from the, uh, you know, like, junior synchronized swim team of mm. <laughs> Brandon Manitoba. And I'm like, I don't care, and it just seems <laughs> to go on forever. Or you get these hosts that are just doing too much, like talking too much, so into what they're saying that mm -hmm. it's like, ah, oh, just play a song. I'm sure people say that listening to our show. Yeah. Play a song. My shut up. My mom keeps trying to get me to listen to some gardener on the CBC. Oh. She's like, he's on. He's on. Tune in now. I'm like, I can't. I I mean, if you're into gardening and stuff, I'm sure that's great. I've been asking her gardening questions. So she's oh, like, yeah. just listen to the CBC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is your daughter's fifth birthday today, though. Yeah. Eh? So I guess there's no, uh, she's not old enough to do a virtual birthday party, right? No. And have fun with that? No. Because my girls have been having a pretty good time doing that, like getting online with all their friends. They watch movies together. They chat and, you know, they got all their screens going. And yeah. it, it works out. And then they, you know, the birthday girl opens up her presents on video. So they all get to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, often the parents will drop off like treat bags and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they can have that while they're watching everything. It still sounds pretty lame. 
You know, I mean, compared to it sounds lame, compared but I'm to, telling you, they enjoy it. Yeah, but they're forgetting. Like I went to a birthday party with Harvest when she was three. We were at the Sky Zone, jumping yeah, on yeah. trampolines. Then they bring out the pizza. Sky you know? Zone's pretty great. It's like a yeah. We didn't have Sky Zone when I was a kid. There was Sky no Zone's warehouses ridiculous. where it was like not just a trampoline, but like twenty five trampolines that are all pushed together. <laughs> yeah. And then we got like a trampoline with a giant foam pit that you could literally yes. probably go in on any angle and you're going to be fine. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Even like I was uh, driving around the other day and I was in like a strip mall and there was a huge palladium and, yeah. you know, they've been locked down obviously for over a year. They haven't been able to open at all and there was a uh, like for lease sign out front. Uh, it made, broke my heart a little bit because yeah. I'm like, ah, I wonder how many palladiums aren't going to survive because they thrive on that birthday crowd. Yeah. Palladium. What's the other one? Laser Quest. I saw I saw a Laser Quest that went under. Yeah, I think I almost think that one went under before the pandemic kicked in. They were getting ready to close that place. Or it was pretty close to the timing of it. Maybe it was the pandemic that pushed them over the edge. But I was shocked because every time I go to that laser quest, it was the one in uh, on Eglinton. It's packed. I it was always jammed when I was there. But I was always there with a birthday party. And it what do always people do at Palladium? I don't even know what's Palladium, going on in the, there. Well, the Palladium that I went <laughs> to for, again, one of my daughter's birthday parties was in Mississauga near um, uh, Square One, I guess. Yeah. And it's like a whole bunch of, they have video games. They have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, like the claw that comes down and grabs stuffed animals and almost carnival-esque type games where you can win tickets. And then when you play these games, you get all these tickets. And then when you have enough tickets, you can go exchange them for prizes. They also have some sort of simulation game. So you could go in and it simulates a roller coaster and it moves mm. you around and shakes you. It was pretty fun. Like the kids had a great time. Okay. So, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, all those places will survive or will come back in some capacity when you can start having birthday parties indoors again. Yeah. My, um, I'm trying to remember like what my birthday parties were like when I was a kid. I remember having to cancel a birthday party because I had diarrhea. <laughs> I think I heard this story. Yeah, that sucked. Of course you had diarrhea. But it wasn't like I had one, like an hour of diarrhea. Like I had like a real gastro oh. diarrhea situation that lasted several days. That's got to be the worst situation for a kid. I would have been probably devastated. seven or eight years old. And devastated. That would have sucked. And then I, uh, the year after... To make it up to me, I guess, because I lost out on that birthday, um, my stepdad and mom brought me and a bunch of friends to a Montreal Expos baseball game. Oh, cool. They were still a team. and But we were sitting like way up, way up high in mm-hmm. the highest level you could get in the Olympic Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was super steep. Like it was, it almost felt like you were climbing a ladder to get to your seat <laughs> once you're up at the steepest, highest section. And uh, everything was fine. But then, you know, the kind of crew you get up there, there was some like older guys who were getting all hammered. <laughs> and then they got into a fight. A fist fight? Yeah. They were in, like, <laughs> so now I'm sitting there. I, I oh. don't know, maybe four or five friends or something. <laughs> and then these guys and, uh, you know, if I'm, I'm eight years old, maybe it was pretty scary. Cause like it I was, was a real physical fight. Well, I'm afraid fight. of heights to begin with, and I'm <gasps> sitting way up high, and now there's these people, and they're pushing each other, and they're falling over chairs, like oh into other God. rows. 
Yeah. Can people not keep it together when there's a birthday party of children around? I don't think they even noticed us. They were blasted. I just hammered. It was an afternoon game. They'd probably been drinking all day. That's yeah. funny. Those are the best. Man. <laughs> I, I remember those baseball games when the Jays used to do this, like, what was it, Toonie Tuesdays or mm. something like that, where mm-hmm. you could go up, sit in the 500s for like two bucks and you just get shit faced. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. God, I miss, I miss Jays games. Being Oof. in the sun. Yeah. Uh, a weekday afternoon Jays game. I loved that. Going to every now and then they do, uh, I think like once a month or so, there would be an afternoon game during the week. Mm-hmm. It might start as early as maybe noon. One, one, yeah, one hundred seven, yeah, and uh, and so yeah, go with some buddies who would kind of skip work for the afternoon, get a nice buzz on, then you go out for dinner, you keep that buzz going, and still you're home at nine thirty p.m. Like it was the best, and you'd been out all day. (laughs) I can't wait for that to come back. That was your life when you used to live right by the Rogers Center, right? It was my life when I lived in my house and just biked there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're not that far away. Yeah, no, I love I love going to afternoon Jays games, and and you can usually get tickets if it's not like camp day or something. Mm -hmm. Pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, weeknight Jays tickets on StubHub or whatever. I even forget how I bought them. It's like StubHub, right? It's been like a year and a half. 20 bucks. Yeah. You got a decent ticket up uh, in the upper level, but you can still see pretty well. Have a good time. It also depends on the team, too. You can get lower level if they're playing a shitty team. Yeah. Right? Like if they're playing the Yankees, you're going to pay more for the tickets. But Yeah, I brought my father-in-law to a Jays game. Uh, my late father-in-law and I had, it was the seats right at the uh, front of the upper section. So you've yep. got the, oh, you're nice. right on the cliff, you know, or whatever, the balcony. ledge. The balcony, mm. yeah, right on the edge. Pretty sure those tickets were 30-something dollars. <laughs> those it are great, great seats. I like yeah. those seats. Nobody in front and of you. Best part about going to a Jays game is that you can bring in your own food and mm-hmm. drinks. A lot of people don't realize that. As long as it's in a, uh, the drink is in a plastic bottle, less than 600 mils. So like a standard, you know, smaller Gatorade bottle, no problem. Mm-hmm. You bring in chips. You can bring in like sh- nuts in the shell. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. My husband, Matt, used to know the doctor for the team, yeah. for the Jays. And uh, we would get to sit in his seats and they are like epic yeah, right there, yeah. right there. Yeah, I've never, I've never been that close. I've never had like dugout seats. And you I walk bet down, you walk down the stairs, and you feel like everyone is looking at yeah. you. Right? Who's this person? Yeah. Oh, where are they? Are they yeah. stopping here? No, they're still going down. You probably don't bring in your own snacks when you're sitting in those seats. <laughs> but I was thinking you probably never bring in your own snacks to a Jays game. You think that was so cheap, right? Uh yeah, I've never done that. Maybe you know, if I had kids or something, and I was tending to them, I might do that. But no, I'm generally like, I'll go buy my beers, I'll get my hot. I'll get my my nuts from the concession yeah, stand. Yeah, I'll buy Can a pretzel. Can you bring beers in? Uh, no. no, no. You can't bring in beers. You can't bring in your own booze, but you can bring in some drinks. I'd bring big bags of chips, like when I go with my buddies and we just like pass them around. <laughs> you know, camp out for three and a half hours. Yeah, and then you get some of the stuff at the concession stands. But it's nice to have a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. I just hate carrying things. That's my big thing. Like, I, it's it's the waiting in line holding a bag full of stuff that it, that yeah. I can't do. Yeah, I, I have like. Like a messenger bag. You know my work bag? I just throw shit in there. Yeah. And then I walk in with that. It is sort of like a purse. Man purse. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I, that's <laughs> my thing. Do that, I don't want I don't want to wear something. I don't want extra weight carrying yes. me down. Little backpack? You couldn't do it, eh? No, I never wear backpacks. I never wore a backpack in high school. Like I I was the guy that carried my books in my hand. Really? Yeah. Too hey, cool? Hey, it would get in the way of your outfit? 
getting away in the outfit too. Yeah, for sure. I just think I felt like a loser wearing a backpack. Look at me holding my straps. Oh <laughs> I got my uh, I got my water bottle on a carabiner hanging off the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just, I grabbed the one textbook I need for the class, and that's all I had with me. Nothing makes me happier than when I'm out and I have my my purse, basically. It's a messenger bag, but it's essentially a purse mm-hmm. that I bought in Kensington Market for like nothing. And I got all, I got my medications in there, like my Advils, my diarrhea medication, my Gravol. Everything you can I got need. sunglasses. Everything. I got some Kleenex. You I got like mixed nuts. I got snacks usually. You got snackers. Yeah, a pen. You never know. You're going to have pen. to write something down with that, uh, or sign something that you can't use your phone for. I used to rock a little... Um, what do you call it? It's fanny pack. Fanny pack, but it was like a leather kind of fancy one. Oh, nice. Uh, and, I, and I liked it because it was great. My pants were never full of shit. My jacket yes. was full of stuff, and it was all on this one thing. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't wear it on my waist, so I was always carrying it over my shoulder, and I just got tired of always having something over my shoulder. Like, I don't know how, how women carry purses with them. Oh, it's annoying. It's annoying. I don't want anything on me either. Like, I love being free. I remember in high school having a backpack, and it would get tangled up in my back brace. Oh. Be like, ah, oh, jeez, I got bars back there and a backpack with like 100 pounds of textbooks. This sucks. <laughs> it sucks. So, yeah, I'm like you, Bundes. I, don't, I, I love going somewhere and just having like my visa... And some lipstick in a pocket, and I'm good, good to go. go. Yeah, yeah. And when your pockets are full of stuff, it's annoying, and it looks stupid. It looks awful. You got to yeah. travel yeah. light, man. Travel light. Yeah. I like to have a bottle of water handy sometimes. <laughs> How are you going to carry that? You're going to put that in your pocket? I mean, it looks ridiculous. I sometimes will, though. I'll put it in a back pocket, you know, if yeah, you're yeah, out yeah. walking around. For the club. Wow. Maybe not at the club, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, what what was like your birthday party scene like Bundes growing up? Your family owned Did you like guys a have a pool? Well at his that family point? owned a restaurant. I'm wondering if you guys like hosted birthday parties at the restaurant. They'd close it down and just bring in your friends and stuff. Uh no, they the, the restaurant was by the airport. Um and we were in Markham, so it was never really an option of trucking kids from Markham out to Mississauga. Why would you live so far away then? Why wouldn't you live in Mississauga if the restaurant was out there? That was the family business. Because your mom worked there too, didn't she? No, not my mom, no. Oh, okay. Um, it was my grandfather. Um, for the, the first restaurant we had was in downtown Toronto. It was at, uh, it was where Ryerson University is. Oh, wow. And when Ryerson, you know, wanted the property, we, we, the, the, the land was basically taken from us and we lost the restaurant there. Um, and for whatever reason, they ended up going towards the airport. Um, but the the cost of homes in Markham, it was like at the time when they bought, they're coming from Scarborough where they grew up, my parents, um, it was supposed to be like the next big booming place like to be mm. in Markham. So they wanted to, to invest their money in there and live there. And wait. And wait. And, yeah. it, you know, the property in terms of the restaurant, I don't, I don't really know the whole backstory as to why they ended up there, but... They did. I did love going there when I was a kid, though. I remember my dad <laughs> in his office... I must have been like, I don't know, seven, something like that. There was all these like nudie calendars, right? Like <laughs> What? <laughs> like father, like son, right? Nudie calendars. <laughs> you know, like the girls with like, you know, like model pictures with their tits out kind of thing. All like Kind of the, the thing you'd see at a gas station. Yeah, 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 yeah. Service bay or something oh with all the God. And I remember yes. I, I remember the dishwasher, his name was Mike, right? If you would go into the kitchen and kind of go behind the little cubby where the dishwasher was, Mike had a whole bulletin board wall in front of the dishwasher just full of sunshine girls and Playboy pictures. <laughs> 
it was my favorite thing to do to go. Just go, just, yeah. Just to go and like hang out there. See that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There was like a huge party room there with shuffleboards and pool tables and stuff, and they had an old jukebox. And oh, it sounds to me like they wanted more space if they wanted to have like a party oh, room and a shuffleboard. That's probably why they went out there. Definitely, like they had lots of functions and and crazy things that would happen, like parties that would happen at the restaurant. But I, you know, never had one there as a kid, unfortunately. And by the time, I, I mean, I was pretty young. I was like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Around the time when my dad, they got rid of it okay. or they sold the business. So I never really got to like totally experience like, you know, maybe 16 year olds kind of going out uh, to the restaurant. And yeah, yeah. A couple of pictures of pop. Or how about this? <laughs> a big fat Greek wedding yeah. right? at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, that would have been perfect. Never had one of those, unfortunately. But yeah. I, I'm trying to like, I, I don't remember the last time I celebrated a birthday party. It's usually just been dinner lately. Um, there was definitely some strip club ones in my earlier like. Yeah, 20s. but I'm not talking. What are, when you were seven or <laughs> eight? Oh. Like, uh, I did you have a go-to thing you always did? Uh, we we played golf a couple times. I, I, mini around, golf? No, like well, we did do mini golf and and batting cages. And then as we yeah. got a little bit older, like you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, we started to go real golfing. Um, and then there was just a lot of pizza parties, man. Like just mm. yeah, hanging out at people's houses, eh? going to movie theaters. But I yeah. can't think of anything that was like crazy off the wall when I was a kid. My mom was very old school, and one of my fondest birthday memories. I have two of them. She had everybody, everyone who came had a stick, and on the end of a stick was um, like a, a kerchief and inside the kerchief was your food for the party. Oh. So like a sandwich and it was... And the I, stick with a kerchief, like that was like the old hobo, hobo. thing. Yeah. Right? Like so we hobo were hobo. Stick. Yeah, so we were all hobos and we were in the woods and we were playing capture the flag and that was our lunch and then she brought like a cake um, that she had made and then another one was uh, we went to a farm and she had somebody arrange like a whole tractor ride for us on the hay and stuff like that. But it was always very like kind of grassroots and cute. Like we never had like a pizza show up. She would never spend her money on that ever. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Homemade which, popcorn in a little baggie or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never went out for dinner that much though either. Like I could count on one hand how many times she took us out for dinner and if she did it was like Swish LA, which was awesome. Yeah. I love Swish Man, LA. I still love Swish LA. <laughs> and we get like, you know, you get some sort of special where you get like an appetizer, your main and then you get dessert if you're eating in in the restaurant. So I think that's why I like going to restaurants so much now is because I didn't grow up getting exposure to that. Oh. And now it's like, oh, I love the experience of eating out. It's such a treat. I felt like I used to go out for dinner all the time. Uh, my stepfather, who was in the picture when I was like, I guess, four or five years old till I was a teenager, he used to like to go out for dinner. Yeah. And so, we, yeah, we'd go out all the time and get What's Shirley that? Temples. And yes. Kitty oh, cocktails. And, <laughs> oh, man, the little yeah. plastic sword. Yeah. Oh. My, my dad actually, uh, like, not my stepdad, but my dad also would take us out for dinner. When I was uh, probably 10 or 11, I got into eating frog legs at this one what? restaurant we'd go to. Yeah. In Montreal. Okay, well, just because it was cool for a kid to be eating frog legs you know <laughs> they just taste like chicken wings kind of yeah. a little meatier and uh, meatier that's yeah. interesting i would think they'd be bonier but we'd also go to the swiss chalets or saint hubert i think it was more mm. what was the quebec thing to do mm -hmm. yeah i love all that me too 
Yeah. Switcheroo used to be like a weekly ritual for for us. There was me and my other and another family, and it was like every Sunday we would go to Switcheroo. It's great. I've I've set records for how quick I've had a Switcheroo dinner. Like I remember going in with a coworker of mine. We were working on a new show that was about to start on a radio station, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to kind of sneak in there on a Sunday before our first show and do some stuff. And we're like, oh, let's go eat. We went into Switcheroo. I literally said, we want to be in and out of here as quick as possible. We ordered as soon as they you know sat us down and said and if you could bring the bill with the meal that would oh, be great perfect, yeah. we were in and out of there i guarantee in less than 20 minutes <laughs> half chicken mm. always order a second thing a dipping sauce out of the gate i know i'm going through both of those mm-hmm. I'm like i i don't mind paying extra but if you could bring two dipping sauces right away that would be amazing they also well. had like as a kid a half decent dessert menu like there was always yeah. some sort of sundae with like hot fudge or a brownie or something still is i i think for families and it doesn't you don't even have to be there with a family it's just a good solid yeah man meal out it's comfort food Doesn't in a way. break the bank, right? We, we make Swiss chalet dinners at home all the time now. I just buy the dipping sauce powder at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And if I pick up like one of those rotisserie chickens, you know, yeah. you cut that off. I find Loblaws always overdoes those rotisserie. They're always dry, man. Yeah, well, you got to get a good one. Costco. Costco does a good job. And they're $7. That's amazing. So $7. I pair it with some dipping sauce that I whip up on the stove. Happy some birthday. Some McCain fries. <laughs> Throw those in for 20 minutes. It's Swiss awesome. in my house. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good option. But uh, yeah, you won't find me ripping on the chalet. No. Maybe that's what I'll pick up for the beach uh, tonight, I'm guys. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I, want some too. Yeah. <laughs> I might pick that up tonight for Jeez. the little harvest birthday party. Never talk about food on this podcast because <laughs> it immediately makes me want to just go stuff my face. Yes. Especially because we usually record this after we finished our radio show and we've already been at work for a while. So I'm ready to eat. Ready to stuff it in. Then you give your other girl and right now <laughs> back to Jamie Cullum. She's gonna love it. Is that his bit though? He just jazzifies all these old No, he does his own stuff too, but okay. I have to say, like I prefer this his covers. He does a Jimi Hendrix Wing Cries Mary. He does a bunch of stuff. Check it out. It's pretty good. Well, this one's called Frontin, and it's from Live at the BBC 2004. <laughs> and don't go anywhere. The Daily Take Two is coming up next. We'll talk to you soon. I was just frontin'. You know I want you, babe. I'm ready to bet it all. Unless you don't care at all. You know I want you. You're just a frontin', babe. I always joke about how messy my husband is on this show. Like, we don't like to have ribs too often because I get rib hands all over the wall of my house. I find I find rib hands on the steering wheel in the car. I think my favorite thing <laughs> is the beer cans under the couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was doing a workout the other day and I'm on the floor on my yoga mat and I'm like, oh my God. There was, I think, five or six beer cans under the couch. They just roll under there, and they're in the abyss, and you never find them again. Bundes, imagine the Friday night lady friend when she crushed a tall boy, <laughs> then slid it either under the bed or underneath, like, your couch. That uh, would make me furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insane, they just, I don't eh? think he slides them under there. 
Yeah, I think what, they how roll. do they get there? Oh, so he tips them over and then lets them go, and the uh, gravity uh, makes them roll. I our mean, coffee table is more of an ottoman, so you can't really put stuff on it. Like it's yeah. all cush for the feet. Yeah. So I think he balances things on the floor, and then they go into the abyss sure. of the couch, and they're gone. But the other day uh, in the kitchen, it was it was evening, so it's dark. We had the lights dimmed. And my husband, Matt, was holding a container of olives. And you know how olives come with like the, the olive oil. They're, they're like sitting in a juice. The pickle juice, whatever it is. Whatever yeah. it is. So somehow the olive container drops out of his hands and there's olive oil and olives all over the kitchen floor. Yeah. Everywhere. And it's dark and I'm like, oh God, turn the light on. Turn the light on because he's down on the floor trying to wipe it up. And he's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to see this. Like in all seriousness, it's no, we don't want to see this as he's wiping it up. Like his strategy is like it would ruin our night if we saw how bad it was. Yeah. Let's not look at how bad it is and deal with that later. Out of sight, out Out of of mind. mind. And you didn't turn them on. You're just like, okay, fine. (laughs) You know, you're going to be the one who has to like actually get down there and deal with it when it's way worse after the fact. 100%. Yeah. That's wild. I lived with guys like that at university. I lived with uh, two guys and we all were responsible for doing our own dishes after we ate them. Sure. And it got to the point where two of my roommates had all their dish, all the dishes in the place in the corners of the kitchen. Oh my and God. anytime you wanted to make something, if you needed a plate, a fork, a knife, anything, you'd have to wash it before you could Ugh. use it. My one roommate would cut up chicken and then leave like chicken parts on a cutting board oh. for days and days. That could kill you. That's right. That could kill you. My roommate, Andy, uh, and he listens occasionally. I hope you're listening, Andy. He, because he didn't want to wash the plate yes. for his grilled cheese sandwiches, he'd carry them over to the couch with a spatula and lay them on the couch and then go back and put the pan in the kitchen and then come back to the couch and eat them. Guess who owned the couch? You did. I did. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't do that. Has again. Andy changed, or is he yes. like Matt? I think he, he he like looks back on the way he was. He was the guy. I don't know if I ever told you this story. He did all the dishes, and the sink was so full because you know once a semester he'd do all the dishes. Right, there was no way he could rinse anything <laughs> because that would there would be an overflow in the sink. He brought a whole thing of glasses into the bathtub that hadn't been cleaned in probably well over a month, rinsed them in the bathtub, and then placed them in the bathtub, rimmed down. They all had like this scum layer around the outer edge. (laughs) Soap scum. That that sounds like my scum. I don't know how you you survived that. (laughs) Luckily, they were good guys and fun to be around, but that was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I loved living alone after that. I got a meal plan that year. I was like, I'm eating at the university campus. Like, I I can't do this. No. Tucker and Mora. Some people are calling this guy the greatest cover artist of all time. Okay. And I may agree with some of these people. Uh, You're probably going to think it's a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You think I'm insane, but I'm enjoying this so much. There's a guy who's becoming TikTok famous. Because he sings covers of big songs in the voice of Cartman from South Park. Okay. okay. I don't really... What, what, what does that guy sound like? 
Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that character. Yeah, well, you could, you should, see, this is what you should be doing. Forget about real music, Bunnis. You got to become TikTok famous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me play you some of the songs that he has covered. Uh, do you know a band called Linkin Park? They have a song sure. called Numb. Mm hmm. to have your mind blown. Actually, there's two I want to play for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> two? How? Yeah. <laughs> this oh, one. no. I mean... Imagine the worst. what it would sound like if Cartman covered a song from the Top Gun movie soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Berlin, take my breath away. <laughs> That's all I get for that one. That's amazing. Yeah. That Pretty made great, my day. Eh? I'm glad it did. It made my day, too. Uh, I was like, this guy could be the greatest cover artist of all time. Uh, it's kind of like a 50-50 split on text yeah. right now, whether you yeah. loved it or hated it. Yeah. Uh, it's not for everybody. Not for everyone. Not for everybody. No. But that's music in general, right? <laughs> I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Uh, Fern and Ufret. F-E-R-N-A-N-D-O-U-F-R-E-T. I'm sure you could just Google Cartman covers Lincoln Park or Danger Zone and you'll find it that way too. <laughs> I was really hoping for Berlin there. Take my breath away, but... Take my breath away. Thank you, Bundes. Thank you. Of all the animals to rescue, I I don't know if I would feel safe touching this predator. This river guide in Nova Scotia was doing training exercises when down the river they came across a bald eagle that looked injured. It was unable to fly, stuck in the river on a sandbar. It was about to get swept up by the tide. So this guy picks him up out of the water wraps him in a blanket like a baby 
and holds him for the hour-long boat ride to get back to the lodge to call Animal Wildlife Services so they could take some x-rays and see what was going on with this thing. Can you imagine? It didn't peck at his face or anything like that? It bit him. It bit him. He said uh, it was more of a shock than anything else, and he had his hand on his chest the whole boat ride back, and at first the bird's heart was like pounding like crazy, and slowly over the course of the hour, the bird calmed down. Rescuing a bald eagle would be awesome, especially (laughs) if you could become friends with that bald eagle afterwards, (laughs) and you could have it as your pet. What would you do with a pet bald eagle? Um, You're at the fair, okay? Yes. (laughs) Huge lineup for a slice of pizza. Uh Uh-huh. You got a bald eagle on your shoulder. <laughs> you know, like, hey, eagle, go grab me a slice. <laughs> you got your pizza? You didn't have to wait in line. Here's another scenario. Okay, another scenario. My kid's out late at night. Yes. I don't know. Phone's dead. Uh-huh. Can't reach my kid. It's like, eagle, go find Leah. What, where is she? What's she up to? <laughs> okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> You're you know. fighting with some other dude, Bundus, for the, the heart of a new lady friend? Just send the eagle to get him! Eagle just comes by, picks him up, <laughs> takes him away. Don't worry, Bundus, I got this! We're speaking of Bundus. I want to play a joke on him. Yeah. It's a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> Bundus just finished washing his Corvette. <laughs> He's got the Friday night lady friend in the side seat. Oh no! And they got that part of the roof that you can take off. Yes. Off. I'll be like, hey, Eagle, go drop a big one on Bundus's big shiny white Corvette. <laughs> okay, let's get him. <laughs> Bonus is like, what is that? Tucker and your eagle. Have a good one, Bonus. No, he doesn't get to keep this thing as a pet. I'm sorry. He has to re-release it into the wild. That's disappointing. <laughs> You're camping. Yeah. You're hungry. You're like, go grab me some salmon. Get me some fresh. Get me some fish. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> it's Tucker Amora. Did you guys see that they officially confirmed that those who received a first dose of AstraZeneca can choose uh, an mRNA vaccine for the I, follow-up? I they had already confirmed that. I guess they were just investigating that? There was research looking into whether or not it would be safe to do it. And okay. now NACI, which is the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, mm-hmm. um, they are saying that it is totally fine. It's to, good to go. To go with the mRNA. And a follow-up. So I figured what I would do is I'd give you guys an opportunity to try and sell me on the vaccines you got. Because, you know, I, I, I wanted to get one right away and I got the AstraZeneca and I felt like an hour later they were like, oh, we're going to stop this one now and just stick with the mRNAs. And I know Bundes has the Pfizer vaccine coursing through his veins. Mm-hmm. Mora has got the Moderna I mean, mm-hmm. as a show, we're the complete cocktail here almost. We are. Uh, and I have the AstraZeneca. So I figured <laughs> I'd give you guys an opportunity to sell me on the one you have. Now wow. that I'm thinking, I'm, you know, how am I going to follow this up? Should I order this one or should I order that one? 
You know, I go to a restaurant. I often ask, "What what should I order here? What's, what are the what, what's what are the, the draw?" Yeah. So I figured I'll ask the people who know. Mora. Moderna. Yeah, tell me about Moderna. Well, huh? you know, I don't know much. How's your cell phone reception these days? <laughs> it's been uh, per use. Yeah. Um, what I would say about the Moderna? Yes. Is that it felt like the craziest Charlie horse to my arm after I got it. Okay. I also had that feeling with the oh, AstraZeneca. It felt like I couldn't even lift my arm. Okay, like, well, I wasn't holy. that bad. Um, could it be just you have weak arms? I could also just have weak arms. <laughs> okay. Bundes, how's your reception been on the phone? <laughs> Tucker. Have you found yourself uh, awake in the middle of the night somewhere where you didn't even know where you were? Surprisingly not yet. But okay. uh, what I have noticed is that my erection is fierce. Oh, oh okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's a good point. What other drugs do the people with Moderna do? I don't even know. I couldn't even name one. Whereas Pfizer, you got uh, that drug that a lot, Viagra? Of, a lot of people stand behind that one. Yeah. Uh, in all yeah. honesty, though, when I got my shot, my mm. arm did not hurt. It felt like just a normal needle. Okay. Less arm pain. All right. I'm factoring that in. <laughs> yeah. I personally had zero symptoms. Like I didn't, I didn't feel fatigued. I didn't get nauseous. You weren't sick. like with the, sick with the flu for two days like I was no. after my first dose. Mm. I, I felt completely fine after I got mine. Now, mm. I don't know if that'll be the case after the second one yeah but at true least, at least with the first one it's all positive no sickness at all and okay. a raging hard on raging hard on <laughs> all right <laughs> oh, man. i think that's all you need to know okay uh, i think i've made my decision <laughs> <laughs> so former president barack obama was on a podcast this week with a new york times columnist and you know they talked about aliens Do you think during his time as president, which was eight years, by the way. I remember. Do you think that he was privy to some pretty interesting stories about UFOs and alien life forms? There's so many alien stories now. I shouldn't say alien stories. UFO stories in the news. And the government's like confirming that mm-hmm. the video is in fact real from a military aircraft that saw something strange. Now, a UFO is an unidentified flying object. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean it comes from like another planet or another solar system. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he said no. He has no uh, indication. They've never been told that there are aliens. What's he going to say? He's part of the cover-up, Mora. Bundes? Bundes knows. He's not talking about it. <laughs> I mean... Nobody's ever said anything. So if all of a sudden Obama decided to speak freely on a podcast, I'd think something smelled rotten in dead, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? This is what he said. He said, what is true is that there is footage and records of objects in the sky and we don't exactly know what they are. We can't explain how they move We can't explain their trajectory. They did not have an easily explainable pattern. And we were still trying to investigate and figure out what it was. Hi. So basically, again, same stuff, right? Same stuff. UFO, but where is that UFO coming from? What is it? He did say some interesting things about, like, 
if they were aliens, like they're UFOs okay. at this point, but let's say they were, like a lot of theories are that they're a drone from an alien space spacecraft sent down here to do some investigative stuff. I've heard that. Yeah, gotcha, it's like yeah. a drone, right? Almost like a fishing lure dangling down on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and they're moving Don't it in a way it. that gets our attention. Oh, what's that? Oh, huh? Hey, Don't put that? it in I, your mouth. Wait, no, it's moving that way now. Huh? Gotta it's go get working. it. But if it is a drone, we have the capability potentially of communicating with that drone. That's what some people are saying. Gotcha. So he says, if we do find alien life forms out there, hopefully it will show us on Earth that we have more in common than what separates us. But no doubt there would be immediate arguments about the need to spend massive amounts of money on weapon systems to defend ourselves. People would be arguing about that. There would be new religions, he believes, that would pop up. Yeah. Hey, we got a lot in common. You like to eat? Yeah. I like to eat too. I like to eat cows. What do you like to eat? Humans. Okay. We got a lot in common. All right. Yeah. 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 Both enjoy drinks on a Friday night. I like tequila. They like human blood. <laughs> I think the thought with Obama is that the world needs to unite itself and find our commonalities amongst each other before we start dealing with this mm. alien life form that potentially could be out there. I like to Netflix and chill. What do you like to do? Oh, I like to eat humans and chill. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know we're getting eaten. Like, you think we're getting eaten? I, I think eaten? there's a good no. chance if they come down here. It's because they're looking... For a grub? Yeah. I think they're looking for some manual labor. That's possible too. But, but their I technology if, yeah, is if they so have the good. technology to get here, they're way beyond needing us to like plant seeds for them. You know, this pandemic has caused increased stress, increased boredom, increased loneliness, and that has led Canadians to increase their cannabis use or to dabble for the very first time. You know? Uh, Some parents have turned to CBD to help manage the stress of trying to work from home and do their job, plus put several kids through virtual school. I mean, (laughs) CBD is like the less fun version of weed, though, isn't it? And a lot of people who don't know anything about cannabis, like CBD is not supposed to give you a high. It's supposed to help. With, I mean, people use it for a lot of different things. Didn't your mom use it for a while? For she tried it. Arthritis um, or something? I forget what. Uh, Joint pain? Uh, sleeping, I sleeping. think. Sleeping, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, she does have rheumatoid arthritis, but I think she was trying to uh, see if the CBD would help her sleep. Did it make a difference? Uh, Not so much that she uses it regularly. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, a lot of people are finding... I think finding... she's like me. Needs something a little harder. <laughs> Put that uh, boy down for the night. <laughs> a lot of people are starting with CBD oil, and they're saying it's really helping with the anxiety. I mean, it depends on the person, obviously. CBD is the medicinal element mm-hmm. of weed, and THC is the part that gets you high. So you can have products that are high in CBD, and basically there's no THC or it's almost uh, not there. And so you can, yeah, manage it. uh, You can use it safely, uh, I think, you know, like if you have to go to work and stuff. 100%. You don't want to be baked out of your mind. Bundus uses CBD oil. 
You have in the past, I know. Yeah, uh, I found that it helped with headaches, you know? Yeah, yeah. people say that. It's expensive, though, because I remember my cat, Jerry, was like prescribed it when he was having behavioral issues and peeing on my couch. <laughs> yeah. I bought like a small little container of it. He recommended I just put a little dab on his nose. Uh, it was $75 for the small little container. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I spilt it. <laughs> Like oh, my god. like, oh my god. So I like took it and I licked it. I'm like, what do I do with this? I don't know. How do I like get my money's worth? I didn't feel anything, but you're not supposed to feel anything. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Just lapping it up. I can't waste this. It's like liquid gold. It's like liquid gold. I didn't know what to do with it. But yeah, I guess some people take a little drop and put it under your tongue and it helps with anxiety or it can help you deal with your headaches or stuff like that. I know a guy who's chronic in terms of like he was smoking regular weed every day all the time and then he uh, switched to weed that's mostly just cbd yeah and Um, how's that going he said that he needed to take like a two-week break before he could start smoking the cbd oil Mm -hmm. because if or a cbd uh centric weed if Mm -hmm. you will Mm -hmm. uh because um it's almost like you won't notice it if you're used to smoking the other the stuff. strong stuff right. that gets you high. Right. If you transition immediately, okay, you may not feel the benefits of the CBD. So he kind of fasted for two weeks, if you will, and and he loves it. He swears loves by it. it. Wow. Yeah. I was reading an article that, uh, with experts from CAMH. They're interested to see if numbers drop after lockdown lifts, if people are still going to be interested in using cannabis or if it's just for this pandemic that people are leaning on it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after all of this. Yes, it will. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.